How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me slash growth. That's hbs.me slash growth. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, and there's no Frank Madden tonight. It will it will just be me. Um, Frank has a, an early road trip tomorrow for business, so it, it will just be me. I'll try to keep it somewhat short, um, and also I'll apologize to you in advance for it just being me because i'm i'm sure you will you will all hate this um but let's get into the game the bucks win 98 94 over the oklahoma city thunder to move to 17 and 16 and i guess really the storyline of the night is obviously Giannis and russell westbrook those are the those are the two guys westbrook can he get a triple double Giannis, can he put up numbers and put on a show against a, a player of westbrook's talent and as uh, against a team as talented as the thunder you look at the thunder 21 and 14 this season and and i think there was some questions about whether or not they were going to be a good team were they actually going to get wins or was it just going to be westbrook putting on a show and they've been a good team and and this is a good win for the bucks and uh, there's a lot i want to get into uh but first i'll start with i think this was the first bucks home game of the season where, where it really felt like a bucks home game and what i mean by that is there's been big crowds before obviously the cleveland game golden state we've seen big crowds and every time you see one of those big crowds, it's it's more so for the other people that are there. It's more so for LeBron and some of the bandwagon Cavs fans. It's more so for uh, the, the Warriors and Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and all these other people. And that's how you get to, to have that full house. But tonight it felt like this was a Bucks crowd and maybe there was some people there to see Westbrook and, and I'm sure there certainly were, were but at the same time I don't know if you have that same bandwagon effect for the Oklahoma City Thunder and Russell Westbrook they may have been there to see him but they were Bucks fans and it I tweeted about it when it happened but at the end of the third quarter Bucks go on a run get back in the game they were down by as much as I believe 15 in the first half and they're they're bringing their way back in the third quarter just chipping away chipping away chipping away they outscore the Thunder 29 to 16 in the third quarter and as the third quarter is coming to an end they're making a number of big plays and it got loud in the Bradley Center it was one of those times where if everyone says it that if things go well for the Bucks and there's a big game the Bradley Center is one of the best places to play in the league and it was loud in that third quarter and that was when I realized this is a, a big crowd this is a Bucks crowd and and that was very exciting the, it, it's kind of cool to see people get behind this team and, and I know that's probably uh, it's been helped by the holiday. It's been helped by Westbrook also being there. But this was a Bucks crowd that was excited to see the Bucks play well. And kudos to them. But I think that 
to me that stood out because it's important to see people start supporting this team people starting to understand how good this team may be and also to me it, w- it was important that the bucks are now 17 and 16 it, they've been flirting with 500 they've been going back and forth and now they are they're 17 and 16 over 500 and they have two games coming up against the Knicks which are as we always say measuring stick games those are games the Bucks need to win and as Matt Moore would tell you those are tie-breaking situation games and you don't know where the Knicks will be you don't know where the Bucks will be at the end but it's very possible that they could be uh in the same playoff race so the Bucks do need to win those games coming up but uh, I think there's something even more than just being over 500 there's something larger that feeling that okay this is a good Bucks team this is not just a bunch of young guys trying to put it together and I guess at the at the head of that is Giannis 26 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, a steal and a block tonight. Uh, Plays 41 minutes, as does Jabari Parker. Uh, 41 minutes for each of them. Brogdon with 32, Monroe 27 off the bench. So those four guys, I think, in these last two games have really taken on a lot of minutes. And uh, we've seen them do some – I guess we've seen the Bucs lean on four players more than they have kind of as the rest of the season they've been a little bit more bench heavy so that's been an interesting development but looking at Giannis 26 10 5 1 and 1 and I'm not gonna say it was the best night he is 5 of 10 from the free throw line he mentioned that post game Um, but he was he seemed to be everywhere and and I guess one of the the more exciting things with Giannis now is that he's not defending team's best players that's Tony Snell and we'll talk about that in a second but he's in that free safety role and he's in that rim protector role and it's it's a fascinating role that the Bucks have carved for him or, or I guess really technically that Giannis has carved for himself because he's he's on the backside and he gets to be aggressive and try to go for steals but He's also on the backside looking to protect the rim. And if you look at the rim protection numbers in the league, I believe he's top 10 uh, in as far as shots defended, as far as, uh, or as far as shooting percentage goes among those that have defended a certain number of shots. He, he's top 10 at rim protection, which is insane to think of, of the guy that's also playing point guard and also happens to be seven foot and also happens to be an athletic freak and, also happens to be one of the five best players in the league. Uh, so it, it's kind of crazy to think of all the things that he does, but one of that transformation to guy on the backside that just gets in the way of everything and mucks everything up has been so impressive. And, and I think tonight it kind of stood out that he wasn't on Westbrook, but if Westbrook was going to the basket, he had to be on the lookout for Giannis coming from the backside. And it's just been cool to see him get into that role, figure that role out, and just wreck havoc. And uh, I know Matt Moore was watching the game tonight at HP Basketball, um, and he tweeted out some of the plays that Giannis made and had clipped some of those up. So go check those out. But you can just see the massive impact he has defensively. And, and I mean, offensively, he's still good, 26-10-5. But defensively, he he's really getting comfortable, and he's really starting to figure out how to affect the game in different ways 
defensively on the backside, not on team's best players, but on the backside just as an agent of chaos, and that's exactly what he is, uh, and, and that was really cool to see tonight. So earlier I'd mentioned we, we need to talk about Tony Snell, and the reason we need to talk about Tony Snell is he spent a lot of his night on Russell Westbrook, and Westbrook, 30 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals, a very solid night. He was plus three, 10 of 11 from the free throw line. Um, so those numbers are all fine. He did that in 36 minutes. But let's look at field goals. Nine of 28 on the night from Russell Westbrook. Uh, 10 of those 28 were three-pointers, and he's two of 10 from the three-point line. And a lot of his struggles if you want to call it that or you just want to call him he's a volume guy so maybe he's not going to have the highest shooting percentage but it's been pretty good this year and and lately he's been shooting the ball well so to see him do this this is him struggling and I think a lot of that credit has to go to Tony Snell and early on they didn't have Snell focused on him but uh, as the game went on Snell got turned switched over to him and it was Snell's responsibility and he came through and it's just interesting to me that I I mentioned it the other night there's so many positive things going on with this Bucks team right now that it's hard to to get all of them to to figure out each one of them and to give them the proper time that they deserve on on this podcast every night. And and I think Tony Snell is one of those guys that's fallen through the cracks. And early on this season, he was, he was shooting a lot of threes and uh, he was scoring some points and it was exciting to see him fill that role. And then I know we had the episode where I, I complained that people need to stop comparing him to Middleton and stop saying that he can be Middleton or a poor man's version of Middleton or whatever you want to say. And I guess so much of that was, me thinking about the offense and okay, Tony Snell's clearly not Chris Middleton offensively and defensively. I I have always said he's solid and he's fine, but since that time, he's really taken over some some very important <laughs> some very important assignments. It's it, since that time. I I think we've seen him on Damian Lillard. We've seen him on Demar Derozan. Uh, tonight we see him on Russell Westbrook and. Over and over, this Bucks team has given has given him those responsibilities, and again and again, Jason Kidd has mentioned post game, "Hey, Tony Snell is doing did a great job on this guy tonight." And that's there's always times where you're trying to figure out is that coach speak, is that him trying to help bump up a, a role player and help out his self esteem, but you do have to give it to Tony Snell. He's made it hard on a lot of these guys, and again, there's there's still games where the Bucks end up losing, and maybe Demar Derozan hits some hits some shots late, and you think, well, I guess Tony Snell wasn't doing a good job, but he he's been there. He's been making it tough on guys, and and after the game, Giannis told us, you you guys need to talk about Tony Snell. Nine for twenty-eight. Yeah. Oh man, you know team defense. Uh, we gotta give a props to Tony. Great job, yeah, great job. Especially the last play that he got the deflection. You know he's doing the little little things that the, we as a team we see that. You know and uh, hope the people see that too. He's doing the little thing. He's he's a winner for me. You know a guy that sacrificed to do the little thing. You know things that no one's ever gonna see like the last deflection. You know give us the win. 
no, no one, no one's going to talk about it. But I feel like things like that, players like that, you know, they deserve a lot. And uh, we as a team, we see that and uh, we appreciate Tony. He's playing, he's been playing great. He's been defending great. And, and I do hope that that does please Giannis that we do talk about him. And, and like I said, I, there's so many guys contributing that it's tough to talk about everyone. But Tony Snell is, has really done a nice job this season. He's He's filled this role defensively that allows Giannis to do the things that he can do in that free safety role as that guy roaming on the backside, as that rim protector, doing all those things he can do those things because of Tony Snell. Tony Snell is taking those assignments and again it's not it's not going to be a job that gets you a lot of glory because stars go off in the NBA. That's what they do. They score points, they hit tough shots late. They do all those things and it's tough for you to get credit when we're seeing the other team's guy go off. And most of the time, if we're seeing him go off, we're seeing him hit a tough shot. Tony Snell's in his face. He's the guy trying to cover him. And, well, if you see the shot go in, you think, oh, Tony Snell didn't do a good enough job. But it's just, it's a thankless thankless role, and it's one that I think Tony Snell has done very well. Uh, So kudos to him for doing it as well as he had and really for being the player that he's been because I, I think when... He was initially he the trade initially happened where uh, the Bucks move out MCW and bring in Tony Snell. I think a lot of people were happy about it just because the Bucks were getting rid of MCW. But when you talk to Bucks, when you talk to Bulls people, there wasn't a ton of excitement about Tony Snell. That this wasn't a great trade for for the Bucks. That this was this wasn't going to be a great acquisition that he's he's just a guy and maybe he can help a little bit and I, I know I jokingly referred to him as a minutes eater that like a like a four or five starting pitcher on a baseball uh, pitching rotation as long as Tony Snell can eat minutes and can just be a not a negative as long as he can not be a not negative on the floor i thought okay that that's going to be fine for this buck season but he's been more than that he's been he's been very good defensively offensively he's he's not shooting the ball quite as much as he used to but there's been nights where he's hit threes and he's just been a plus for this bucks team and and like yana said he rarely gets the credit that he might deserve and really i, I think you look at this game and you look at the Bucks trying to close it out late and the biggest play of the game is has got to be the the strip of Westbrook and that that's all Tony Snell after the game Billy Donovan mentions that after Westbrook gets the steal calls timeout with 14 seconds left Bucks are up 96-94 he opts not to advance the ball to the to the front court he decides that he wants to to have Westbrook have the full 94 feet the goal was to give him a head of steam that allowed him to attack at full speed and really just in, a, in an attempt to overwhelm the Bucks defense and if you watch it that's exactly what happens He's, he's able to make a quick move he's able to get past Tony Snell and Tony Snell after the game said Ugh. He got past me, and I was trying to trying to recover. And he gets a hand on the ball and strips Westbrook, but Westbrook gets his hands back on it, ends up tipping it out of bounds, and 
originally they say that it's it's Thunder basketball, that Tony Snell hit out of bounds, the review happens, and they say it's going the other way. And it's it was a great play. There, there's just no way to, to, to say that that play won the Bucks the game. It, that, it's not crazy at all to say that, and that's all Tony Snell. So, so good for him that he's able to handle Westbrook late. And for once, he was actually able to make a play that people could notice, if that makes any sense. It, it, so many times, like I said, he, he has the hand up in the face. He's able to try to contest or, or make someone pass the ball to maybe a lesser player. And those those plays don't get noticed, but stripping Westbrook should get noticed. And on top of just that play, you look at those 10 three-point attempts for Westbrook and that's that's all Tony Snell. Tony Snell essentially turned him into a jump shooter and he gave him enough space that I don't want to say that he dared Westbrook to to beat him with a jump shot, but he certainly encouraged it and Westbrook kind of did. He kind of fell into a bit of a lull there where he was just taking jump shots and he, he was settling for threes. And if that's what Russell Westbrook is doing, you're winning on the night because as long as he's not attacking the rim, he's doing essentially what you want. So uh, a great night there for Tony Snell, a night where he can make some plays and get the recognition that he deserves. Rewinding a little bit, clutch bucks happened again. And it it wasn't it wasn't great. <laughs> um, we we talk about the struggles the Bucks have had and how do you fix those struggles and how do you make how do you make it happen? How do you create better opportunities? And one of the one of the ideas was, hey, let's let's get Delvadova out and let's put Malcolm Brogdon in and. Well, there was mixed results. Um, so if we're looking at crunch time, that would be the final five minutes, margin of plus or minus five. I think literally throughout the entire final five minutes, we stay in that margin. So uh, just looking through that, uh, Malcolm Brogdon hits two free throws at the 503 march at the 503 mark unfortunately that won't count for him uh and then going down you see malcolm brogdon offensive fall as he went baseline ended up hitting russell westbrook so he gets a turnover there uh as you then the next play he comes down and gets an assist to john henson which is nice and then a few plays later, he gets stripped by Russell Westbrook. And the it, it was very much a mixed bag there for Malcolm Brogdon. And again, it, he did have an answer pretty much for if he did make a mistake, he was able to make up for it and make another play. Um, but a mixed bag there for Brogdon. And then in the same way, the Bucks kind of leaned on what, what they normally lean on, uh, one Giannis attacking the basket and he mentioned post game that he kept attacking the basket but just couldn't find a way to to get it to fall and it's one of those things in clutch time where Giannis attacking is always a great thing but when teams know it's coming the Bucks 
sometimes struggle to create the space that he needs, and especially in crunch time situations, team know, teams know Giannis is going to attack, and they know he's probably going to try the spin move. And they, they've they seen him all game, so they're ready for him to attack the rim, and he does kind of have to force at times. And you see him miss a layup in the final two minutes. You see Steven Adams block one of his layup attempts. It, it was just a struggle for Giannis late, and I know when Frank and I discussed who are you giving the last shot to um, once the once the Middleton injury happened, we were talking Giannis, Jabari, who do you go to? And with Giannis, the idea is, okay, he's your best playmaker. You want to see him maybe try to create for others. And there was they got the, the kind of isos they wanted. They got him to be able to attack the basket, and he got missed layups. And instead of creating, he tried to make plays for himself, and it just didn't work out. And then as I guess it kind of goes forward, you see the Bucks go to what they've gone to, where it's Malcolm – I shouldn't say Malcolm Brogdon. It's the point guard. Let's go to the point guard. Let's put him in pick and roll situations, and let's see what he can create. And so often the Bucks have complained, or Bucks fans have complained about Dally being able to do that and his struggles in that situation. And I guess again, one possession was good in that situation, and another was bad. The first one, Malcolm Brogdon attacks, uh, finds Giannis cutting in the lane, and Giannis somehow catches gets in the air and on a, a short dump off finds John Henson who makes a, a short layup there so Giannis able to make a play there and it was off of some is off of a cut on Malcolm Brogdon's drive so a nice possession there and then next time down the Bucks go to their go-to set in that situation which is all right, let's clear out the left side put the point guard over there and then we'll have Giannis set a screen we'll get a pick and roll action with the point guard in Giannis and then there'll be a mismatch there and it's a thing we've seen them run time and time again with Delhi. this time they run with Brogdon but there's a small little twist so instead of it being just Giannis as the only screen setter they also have another person come and they've done that before but normally it's a big normally it's John Henson that'll be the second screener and everything kind of runs the same way except John Henson's rolling to the basket, and then you still get Giannis cleared out to to one of the sides. This time, the Bucks go with Brogdon on the left side, Giannis on the left elbow, and then Jabari behind him setting the next screen. So Giannis and Jabari are the two screeners on the double pick and roll. And it's sort of, it, it was an interesting setup because they both kind of slipped into the same area uh, on the left wing and neither of them rolled to the basket so there wasn't really any space created and then it turned into Brogdon on the top of the key Jabari on the left wing and Giannis kind of in the left corner and the spacing wasn't very good their movement wasn't very good and it led to Jabari trying to attack Russell Westbrook one-on-one he goes with the behind the back move and Russell Westbrook picks it so the the problems with the Bucks and the clutch didn't really go <laughs> anywhere tonight. It, it was kind of the same things that we've seen them struggle with, and it, it's just frustrating to see them struggle so much late in games. How to how to create, how to get good shots, and it's it seems like it's going to continue to be a problem this season. So uh, the Bucks will continue to grow, and we'll have to watch and see where that goes um, going forward. 
Um, so a few other tidbits before we head out for the night. Uh, tonight was the first time we got to see Greg Monroe and John Henson share the floor. The Bucks did that at the end of the second quarter. I believe it was about a five-and-a-half-minute stint. Uh, and when they shared the floor together, I think a plus one in that time. Uh, I think we even got to see a Monroe to Henson big to big passing where Henson was able to get, I can't even remember if it was a dunk anymore, but at least a lay in uh, that he got from Monroe after Monroe had worked to pick and roll on the, on the right baseline. So uh, that was kind of cool to see it interesting to see. I know a lot of people always want to see the two big lineups and kid really doesn't like to use them. But uh, when I asked about it post game, he said, I mean, look at the bigs that they had out there. We, we had to try to find a way to match and, uh, that was that was the way we went, and it again, it's not something that kid likes to do. Uh, two big lineups aren't something I particularly enjoy, but uh, with Delhi out, with a bit of a shorter bench, with shorter rotations tonight, uh, the Bucks had to try to find other ways to make it make it work, and and that's what they try to do with those those two big lineups. All right, a, a second tidbit. It's getting more and more fun to watch Jabari Parker play every single day. Um, I know we we talked about it earlier this week, or I I guess in our last episode, that uh, I always feel bad that we don't talk about him enough. And there's just a, a, a couple moments in this game where you see him string together three or four dribble moves where it's behind the back, it's a crossover, it's another behind the back, it's a spin, it's a step back. And you just see him start to piece this together more and more. He feels more confident. And it's just been really fun to see him have more faith in that. And you're talking about his handle. And we saw again tonight some bully ball Bari where he gets a smaller guy switched on to him. I believe his Oladipo on the elbow uh, backs him down for a second, then a quick spin, two-hand dunk. And again, you're seeing him piece these things together and the three point shooting again with Jabari, that's getting better and better every time he he takes the floor. And uh, again, tonight Jabari is two for four from the three point line. So you, you see him shooting threes, you see him posting up, you see him getting better with the handle, uh, two more assists tonight. You, he's adding more and more. And and that is undoubtedly, uh, very exciting. Some final stuff, Monroe and Brogdon, Monroe 27 minutes, Brogdon 32 minutes tonight, Brogdon 32 minutes, 12 points, 5 assists, 2 rebounds, 3 of 12 from the field, not his best night. Monroe was solid, 15.7 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal and a block. He was 7 of 10 from the field, so pretty solid night for Greg Monroe. Um, Looking at the rest of the roster, Jason Terry, a plus 12 again tonight, and He's a plus 12, three points, three assists, and he just has a knack for making plays and for being in when the Bucks go on runs. So kudos to Jason Terry for continuing to be a, a plus-minus monster um, and also at the same time for just being able to to do the things that make teams go if that makes sense he's the guy that's running off of screens that's helping the offense move he's the guy that's catching and just making a quick pass and getting back into the offense and he's the guy that's calling out screens and he's the guy I I joke every time it happens but if any play in the game occurs that's positive for the Bucks, 
Jason Terry is going to let the crowd know and he's going to ask them to make some noise. <laughs> and it, it was just funny that he happened to be on the floor when the Bucks kind of did their thing there in the third quarter. And of course he was pumping up the crowd and he, he was handing out hugs to everyone. And I, there's times certainly where I've questioned it. I think a lot of fans question whether or not Jason Terry should be on the team, what his role is on the team, how much he should play. I question all those things regularly, but I think as this season's gone on, you've been able to see why he's on this team and why it's important for him to do these things. And he's he's just a veteran presence, and that veteran presence is very important on this Bucks team. Um, and I, I do think you can see that he's made a positive effect on his teammates on this roster. With that, I think I think that's gonna be about it. I somehow managed to go around a half hour. Hopefully this wasn't too boring. I know it was just my voice this whole time. You didn't have anyone else to bounce off of it. Uh, Frank will be back tomorrow. Frank said he'll he'll possibly try to add some thoughts from this game um, as we get ready for the Bucks' first game against the Knicks. They now have two in a row against the Knicks, one on Wednesday in New York, one on Friday in Milwaukee. Uh, so they'll try to make it a three-game winning streak on Wednesday, and they'll try to go two games over 500, and uh, they'll just try to stay above 500. And part of me wonders if this win now means uh, – they're, they're going to roll a little bit uh, as they've put together a couple games, but I, I don't know if we're there yet. I don't know if this is a team that has a winning streak in them or if this is a team that we're going to say, well, it was nice, but now they're going to they're gonna struggle a little bit. Maybe maybe they've they've turned a corner here. We'll have to see, though. Uh, thanks for joining us on Locked on Bucks. I've been Eric Name. No Frank Man, but he's back tomorrow. Um, appreciate you listening. Appreciate all of your feedback. Uh, appreciate the tweets, reviews uh, on iTunes. Go ahead and subscribe there as well, or any other podcasting service that, that you like to use if this is your first time here. And if, it, if this isn't your first time here, tell all your friends that uh, you listen to Lockdown Bucks and this is your daily place to find uh, Bucks content. So uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been Lockdown Bucks. Is that the new iPhone? Yeah, got it on T-Mobile. Fastest iPhone deserves America's fastest LTE network. Introducing the amazing iPhone 8. It's the best iPhone yet, now on America's best unlimited network. For a limited time, save up to $300 on the amazing iPhone 8 after 24 monthly bill credits. And now join T-Mobile's iPhone upgrade program for free. Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details.